thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. So we're going to begin walking through this last sermon out of the book of Ephesians on spiritual warfare. How many appreciated that message yesterday, or last week about spiritual warfare? I've heard, heard a lot of great response from it. But we're going to look at some practical things. We're going to read the scripture, then I'm going to pray, and we'll get straight into this today. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's read Ephesians chapter 6, and we're beginning today. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Finally, this is his last kind of hurrah to put something in their heart. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might or and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes or the devil's strategy or the wiles of the devil, some translations say. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Anyone use that this week? It's not, people are not the enemy. Did anyone say that to somebody in your marriage? Listen, you're not the enemy. So if you did, I, I, hope, I hope that helped you this week. But against the ruler. So it's not against people. It's not against flesh and blood. Your fight is against the rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. This is Paul asking them, can you pray for me? That whenever I speak, in other words, whenever he says something, that his words may be given, that words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am the ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let me pray for us today. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you speak to us and you challenge us and you do things deep, deep in our hearts. God, I ask you that as we look into your word today, that you would anoint my words. God, I ask you that any word that I say today that is not according to your purposes and your will would fall to the wayside, that we wouldn't hear it. But God, the words that I do speak that are saturated with your truth, that they would pierce all of our hearts, that we would leave here changed and challenged and totally different than how we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. This is important for us to understand that we are actually in a spiritual battle. As I said last week, that just because you don't realize you're in a spiritual battle does not mean you're not in a spiritual battle. That if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, 
If you say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you, you are entering into a spiritual battle, which in the Christian culture we call sometimes spiritual warfare. That's all it means, that there's a battle that's going on in the spiritual world. And it's interesting that the world would say there is no God, but there's tons of shows about demonic powers and presence. And on National Geographic, they chase spirits around old abandoned prisons with with night goggles, and they say, look, oh my gosh, there's a ghost. And, and, and you're like, do you believe in God? I don't believe in God. Well, where the heck did that thing just come from then? And the reality is we live in a spiritual world. And it's not always about ghosts and demons. It's, not, it's about, many times it's about thoughts. It's about ideas. And it's about the reality that we, the enemy, hates us. If you are following Jesus Christ, he hates you. But I will tell you this. The battle and the victory of this war that we're talking about today has already been won by the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's already been won. So if you're in Christ, you already have victory. But there is a responsibility that we have to fight. And I'm going to talk to you about some practical things today as we're picking up from last week. But Paul is leaving us and this church this illustration that once you become a follower of Jesus, he wants all of us, God wants all of us to understand you are not left naked, you're not left vulnerable, and, 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 but it, following Jesus is like putting on armor. It's like the armor of God. And yes, you're in the midst of darkness, but you are equipped for the battle that is around you. You are ready for every battle that you may face every single day because God has given you the tools to fight it. And let me ask you a question as we just read this passage about the, the armor of God. The question is this, do you, do you already have the armor on or do you have to put the armor on? That's the question. Do, do you already have it or do you have to put it on? I think it's a combination of both, actually. Matter of fact, Paul says this in Ephesians 6. He says, put on the full armor of God. So what he is implying here is you already have the full armor of God, but we do need to put it on. So God gave us armor, but we are responsible to put it on. So I think it's both. And we receive the armor of God through God's grace, the protection of God, as it spoke through the, the breastplate of righteousness, as, as, as we heard that, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. But we have a responsibility, though, to maintain and to put on the armor of God through our spiritual disciplines. Now, this is the beauty. And many times if you hear this, or some people hear this, and they think, oh, it's about all my efforts. My friend, it's not about your efforts. God's already purchased everything for you. It's about you walking in what God's already purchased for you. And this is the beauty of God. It's this balance, this tension of God's grace and our responsibility in that grace. That's very important for us to understand. To, to know that there is, God gave us, by his grace, I did nothing to earn what he has given me. But also I have a responsibility to apply and to walk out what he has given me in my life. So who you are in Christ is this, you are secure, you are a new creation, not by your own works. You are made righteous and you are made acceptable through the blood and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, but there still are some responsibilities. Just like the scripture says, don't let, your, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, don't do that. You, you have to have some responsibility in the anger that you face in your own life. If someone has something against you, you need to what? Go and make it right. It doesn't say just, well, God's giving you the grace. Don't worry about it. Actually, there is a responsibility that we have to carry out as followers of Jesus Christ. Scripture says this, that faith without works is what? Is dead. 
Scripture says that we are to confess our sins one to another so that we might be healed. So there is a responsibility to walk, walk out, but it's not by your works that anyone could boast or be saved. But you do have a responsibility. So the Bible talks about who I, who I am eternally in Christ, but it also talks about what my responsibility is in my life every day to walk it out. So I want to talk to you about just a few things today about putting on and maintaining the armor of God that he's given you today. And the simple first one is this, in order to maintain it and put it on, is number one, we need to rehearse the truth about who you are in Christ. You need to rehearse the truth about who you are in Jesus Christ. This is actually important for us to do. Paul tells Timothy, who's a young pastor, he's struggling probably with insecurity. As you read this book, you realize Timothy probably struggled with courage, struggled with insecurity. But Paul tells him this. He says, Timothy, my son, in verse 18, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command. In keeping, look at this, in keeping with the prophecies, prophecies is that which God has spoken over you, keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, by remembering them, by rehearsing them, you may fight the battle well. So look at this. Here's Paul encouraging Timothy. Listen, you need to remember what God's spoken to you. You need to remember, you, you need to recall about everything that, that you've experienced, what God has said about you, what he said to you, so that you may fight the battle well. So what's going to help Timothy fight the battle well? Coming to grips that he actually has good things in his life that God has deposited in him. So some of you today might be thinking about maybe your own insecurity. So many people struggle with eternal insecurity. You you have a sense you think, you know what, am I I saved, am I not saved? Or I am saved and then I have a bad thought and then I'm, I'm not saved. And then I repent, and then I am saved again. And so then you think, but if I'm driving, I have a bad thought, and then I'm not saved, and I get in an accident when I just had a bad thought, and I die, and then all of a sudden I'm going to go to hell, and God say, I'm sorry. Remember, you had that bad thought right before you got in the car accident. So I'm sorry, it's all over. God's not, God's not going to do that. We, we misunderstand what it means to be in Christ what it means that you are sanctified, what it means that you have the righteous, you are clothed in the righteousness of God. In other words, you are eternally secure if you are following God through his son, Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this, that no one, no one will be able to pluck his, those who God has given him, you and I, who have given our lives to Jesus, from his hands. You are eternally secure in the name and through the, of Jesus and through the word of God. That's what it says to you. So that's important for you to understand by recalling these things. What has God spoken about you? What are God's plans for for your life? And so we need to remember. We need to recall. We need to rehearse all the things that God has promised you. And here's a question for you. What has God promised to you? What has he spoken to you about your children, about your life, about your marriage? Begin to remember those things. What does the word of God say of who you are, who he has made you? You are to dwell on what God has said about you. You're to understand that in 2 Corinthians, this is our promise that therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Why, why is this written? Because people struggle after they are in Christ feeling like they're a new creation. 
God wants you to hear that today. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Yes, you may feel like you are a prisoner of your past, but, but I'm, but I'm you, sorry. You may feel like you're a product of your past, but I'm telling you, you are not a prisoner of your past. Because old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's who you are in Christ, your new creation. This is how you maintain the armor of God that he's given you. And part of rehearsing, Part of rehearsing who you are in Christ, I'm telling you, my friends, it's, it's a part of being a part of this body of Christ that God's called you to be a part of called Faith Bible Chapel. It's being in a community that you can hear what God thinks of you because you're going to come to a day where you're going to doubt everything that God says, says about you. You're going to think, but I don't feel that. And you're going to go, on your worst day, you're going to need someone to come alongside you, to encourage you, to fight with you, to pray for you, and you pray for them. This is why the community of believers is so important. This is why you keep hearing over and over and over again that I believe with all of my heart that your best days are ahead as you get involved in small groups and in community in this church. Because one of the tools that the enemy uses against you is this thing called isolation. He, he isolates you. The enemy will tell you you are alone. He will tell you you don't have anyone. He will tell you you're in church, but no one loves you. No one cares for you. No, no one even knows your name. And all of a sudden, you'll, you'll feel like, I, I am alone. And you will need someone to strengthen you all of a sudden. And you'll feel alone, but you're not alone. And you're going to need others to remind you who you are in Christ. You're going to need others to remind you of God's promises for you. You may feel alone, but I'm telling you, according to Scripture, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you belong to the body of Christ, you have a family here at Faith Bible Chapel and you are a part of this body of Christ here. I want you to know that and hear that. It's very important. And I know this, you will, you will never feel like this is your church unless you make the decision to get connected with other people. That's just the reality. That's why we have small groups. There are statistics that show that people come to church for a couple things. They come because they, they like the worship. That's, that's why people come to church. Secondly, they come because they, they like the pastor and they like what, what's being taught. Also, they leave churches because of the worship and they don't like the pastor. But that's another discussion we'll talk later. This is what statistics say, but they stay at a church because they have relationships. In other words, they stay connected to the body of Christ because they have relationships. On average, you will only know in a church around 63 people. 63. So many people say, well, I just need to go to a smaller church. Here's the reality. At a church of 100, you're still only going to know 63 people. At a church of 300, you're still going to know, only know 63 people. Or 3,000 people, you're still only going to know 63 people. And so that's why small groups are important. That's why it, you really are, our scope of, of, of relationships are actually fairly small. That's why we do large group, group worship and then small group fellowship. Because it will strengthen you and help you in your journey as you follow Jesus Christ. And so my desire and hope for you is you would get involved in that. But by being involved, you'll be able to live and rehearse everything that God has spoken about you and over you. A second way of maintaining and putting on your armor is number two. You need to regularly check your gauges. Regularly check your gauges. Again, this is not about you working harder. This is about you partnering with God for you to be healthy and for you to be whole, 
and for you to be ready for the battle that you're already in. That's really what this is about. And it's, it's much like a car. If you don't maintain your car, it may run, but it will be vulnerable to its condition because of the wear and tear. The, the lights on your dashboard are going to come up and say, hey, something's wrong here. Unless you're like me or you're driving an old car and you just get black electric tape and you just cover the lights up because that's easier. It's not always the wisest thing to do, just so you know. But we look at our gauges to figure out what's going on with the car. Same way with putting on the armor. I have the armor on because, because of the wear, but because of the wear and tear that just like a car goes through, the armor that I wear also gets wear and tear, and you can become vulnerable in some areas in your personal life because of the wear and tear. Just like a car, the tires could be, could be rough. They could be have, have worn down for a while. They could, there could be some, some maybe some of the, the, uh, the threads are showing through the tire because of a rough season that you had to drive through. Has anyone ever been through a rough season in life? Okay. Just like you go through a rough season in a car, a rough road, and you're driving, you realize, my gosh, i got to change the tires. The same thing happens to you in our own lives. We go through rough seasons, rough time. We get tired. We get weary. And, and we don't realize we actually need to change the tire. We're here fighting the devil. And God's like, just change your stinking tires. Or in your car, the oil may be running low because of a long road trip and a, of regular usage. You've, you've, you've gone. You've, maybe you've been on a long journey. Maybe, maybe you, just life and your journey with God, maybe it's just been a long journey. And you realize, man... Something's just not right. Many times when in a car, as it, as it gets a little older or as your oil viscosity begins to wear down, all of a sudden you begin to hear clanks and bangs and things. Maybe that's your life today. There's some clanks and bangs that are going on. The reality is we need to check our gauges and see how we're doing. Same with us. It's important to stop and take assessment with what in our life needs to be addressed. Maybe there's anger and bitterness we've picked up along the way and our gauges are, you know, our oil, oil pressure is lower than normal and we're responding to people we never really used to respond this way and to think, well, what's going on? Wait, it's, it's simple. You, your gauges are showing you just need to, you, you need to take some time and ask God to bring some deliverance or some healing and maybe give some things to him. Or maybe an, another, maybe something else that's going on. Maybe there's little compromises that have made their way into your Christian life along the long journey, along the rough road. You've become weak, and all of a sudden you've allowed these compromises in. And, and, and they ask the question, am I allowing things in my life that years ago or a year ago I never would have allowed in my life? But now as I step back, as I look at the gauges of my life, I realize, hmm, I've allowed some compromises in. Maybe there's shadows of past sin that's beginning to creep in. And, and you think, you know what? I see it. But what happens is because we are overscheduled, because we are, we are running like just barely on fumes all the time, on fumes and caffeine and Red Bull and more caffeine and all kinds of power bars. We just keep going and going and going. We don't ever stop to say, listen, what's really going on in my life? Maybe there, we have a sense of vulnerability that we never felt before because we realize after we step back and we check our gauges, you know what, I, I've been trying to please man more than I've been trying to please God. 
and it makes me feel vulnerable, and it makes me feel insecure. And, and really, practically, this is about us checking our gauges to maintain our armor, because if you don't check your gauges, you, you, there are vulnerabilities in our armor. And practically, really what this is about is asking God, God, can you reveal in me, is there something in me? Have I picked up an offense along the way? Am I, am I bitter? Am I more angry now than I was four months ago? What's going on? Just step back, wait a minute. Why have I been responding to my children that way, my, my spouse that way, my work, my colleagues that way? Why is it when someone says something, I always think they're criticizing me? What, what's going on? And I get offended, and they're not even criticizing me. Or Even if they were, who cares? I stand to please God and only God. And all of a sudden, we step back and we realize, where did all this stuff go? We look at our gauges and we think, huh, I need a little tune-up. I need to put some more tires. I need to change the oil. I need, to, I, I need to figure out what's going on. Ask God, what's really going on? And we just ask him. And he reveals it to us. And as he begins to reveal it on our journey, we confess what he reveals. Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, will you forgive me? And God, help me to respond in the right way. And Lord, why am I responding this way? We repent and we ask God's help to heal us, to restore us, to bring, to bring life back into us again. David said this very same thing in the Psalms. He said, God, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. What does it mean? In other words, the spirit had gotten off a little bit. And all of us need to do that. And so many times as Christians, we think, what do you mean we need to do that? By golly, I'm a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. I just keep going and functioning. And we wake up in the morning and we tear our shirt off and there's a big S on our chest. We're a super spiritual man or woman. And we just think, no, no, I can't do that. Because if I admit that, then somehow I'm admitting I'm human. Here's a newsflash for you. You're human. And guess what? You're in relationships with other humans who aren't perfect. And so we need to lean into the perfect God to heal us, to restore us. You can't always be fighting, my friends. Think about it as a warrior. If you were to go out and you fight and then you never come back and rest, what happens? You're going to become vulnerable. You're, you're going to become weak. Your armor's going to get holes in it and you will end up dying. Because you never recognize, I need to get back, and I need to rest, and I need to maintain my armor. This is what checking your gauges is all about. Also, when you're physically tired, when you're physically weary, when you're stressed, when there's clutter in your mind, sometimes, and you guys have heard me say this before, the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Stop. Trying to be divine and acknowledge, I need a nap. Now, don't do it at work. That's a bad thing. <laughs> but the reality is you need rest. The reason, why, the reason why you're having, all of a sudden you're having these more lustful thoughts than you ever have and you're, you're angry and you're, you're finding yourself thinking things and saying things. And take a look. Are, are you just physically exhausted? That you, when's the last time you had a Sabbath? When's the last time you just rested? When's the last time you said, I'm, I'm just going to rest? It wears on your armor. So do you have your armor on? Yeah, you do. Do you need to maintain it? Yes, you do. 
And we keep ourselves ready for whatever the enemy has in store for us. We are equipped with the, ar- with the armor to fight. Nothing is too big for us to face. But we do have the responsibility to maintain the armor that God has given us. Number three, how do we, main- how do we put on and maintain our armor? Is Number three, you need to use the armor God has given you. It's a very simple one. In other words, use what God has given you. Use what God's given you. What does that mean? In other words, this, God's given us prayer. He's given us our words. We live by the Spirit. I, let's, I just want to read this out of Ephesians 18 through, 18 through 20. It says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We're going to talk about this whole idea of living by the Spirit. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. That whenever I speak, so here, here Paul's starting to say, wait a minute, also pray whenever I speak. In other words, my words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What he's asking here is this whole idea that, that the words of his mouth will be filled and saturated with the Spirit. Paul's saying the words out of our mouth are not just to be words that we pray But we're to be aware that the words that we pray, words that we say, can be saturated by the Spirit or the reality is they can be saturated by the flesh or submitted to the Spirit or submitted to the flesh. And this whole idea of speaking in the Spirit, this is not talking about the gift of of praying in tongues. This is actually something different than that. It means that what we pray, what we think through, that our words can be filled with the Spirit. How many know this, that you can tear somebody, somebody down or build somebody up with your words? You can bring life or you can bring death. And this whole idea... That it said out of verse 18 says, every prayer that we should pray should be in the Spirit. In other words, Lord, give me the words to say, God, I'm asking you, give me insight, help me to pray. Many times people pray for their will, but they never pray for God's will. I've heard that, you know, people say that before, and 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 so you know, there was a transition in Sharon and I's life. Well, I'm just gonna pray that this is gonna happen. Actually, don't don't, don't pray that. Pray that God's will will be done. And as you're praying God's will will be done, please pray what God lays on your heart to pray over us and for us. That's praying by the Spirit, submitting yourself unto the Lord. Also, they're speaking by the Spirit. There's a distinction that Paul is making here that I can speak naturally or I can speak, speak by the Spirit. One has impact, one has little impact. And before, honestly, before I speak anywhere, even this morning, coming to work, and, or this is work, but coming here to be with you, I was asking God, I said, listen, Lord, just saturate my words with your Spirit. God, give me the words to say. Let the words that I say, help them pierce their hearts. The words of truth, let them be dripping with your spirit that they can can make a difference in my life and in the lives of people who hear me today. That that's what I desire. But here's the difference. That's why I don't want to get up here and, and, and start teaching something or sharing something and it be like I'm the Charlie Brown teacher. Anyone ever heard the Charlie Brown teacher? I don't want that. I want you to hear what God wants to say to us. This is why one person can speak a message, and you're like, man, that was really good. Another person can speak a message on the same thing, almost talk about the same stuff, and you're like, I didn't hear anything. That's what's called the anointing. That's what's called speaking by the Spirit. This is not just for a communicator. This is for all of us. That when we speak, 
When we seek God, when we begin to pray, we ask God to lead us to speak the words that we're called to speak. And I believe Paul is reminding us again, we live and we function in a spiritual world. And we need to function in the spirit so that, for, so that God can help us to overcome the darkness he's called us to overcome. In prayer, in speech, and in our lives, we are to speak, we are to pray, and we are to live by the spirit. But we still have a responsibility. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is just a word that says if you are intoxicated, simply debauchery means you do not have the ability to say no to your flesh. So wherever your flesh desires and tempted with when you're intoxicated or high, this is what happens, debauchery. You can't say no to your desires or your flesh. But instead, say instead. Be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. In other words, this is the act of the flesh. This is the act of the Spirit, that we are speaking to one another with psalms, with hymns, with songs from the, from the Spirit. In other words, the words that we are using are saturated with the Spirit of God. So don't, he's saying don't live in the flesh that desires more of the flesh, but be filled and live by the Spirit in your life. Let the Spirit dictate how you live your life. This is how you maintain your armor. You strengthen yourself in the Lord. This is how we maintain it. We speak God's word. We speak God's truth over ourselves. We sing, we worship, we give thanks, and we keep our, our lives in line with the flow of the Spirit. So the, this, this last couple points here is how then do I pray, how then do I speak, and how then do I live in the Spirit? Number one, you need to remove hindrances from your life. This is our responsibility. God's grace gives us the power to do it. He's made the way. He's already given us victory. We have to have responsibility to say, I want that removed from my life. Because if you don't remove them, what happens is, one, you can quench the Spirit out of 1 Thessalonians 5.19. It says that you can actually do not quench the Spirit, which means you can quench the Spirit living in your life. And this was about not believing the, the words of prophecy, and this was about not believing what God has spoken over you. Secondly, you can actually grieve the Spirit in your life. Ephesians 4.30 says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So you can grieve these you can grieve the Spirit and you can quench the Spirit by not removing hindrances from your life. So the question is, is there anything in your life that could be quenching the Spirit? It's just a challenge for all of us. Is there anything in my life that could be quenching the Spirit? Is there disobedience? Is there sin? You might be thinking you're fighting the devil. The reality is, actually, there's just a sin that you're unwilling to submit to the Lord. Or you're unwilling to tell God, God, I keep struggling with sin and I, I can't get victory. Will you help me? You haven't admitted that you needed God's help in this area of your life. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you're filled with pride. Maybe when people talk to you it, and what comes out about it is how good you are, how good your family is, how good everything is. And it's, you're always trying to spin a story to make everyone look at you and say, listen, you must be awesome. That, yeah, that's pride. That's also insecurity which pride is the root of insecurity anyway. And you just never said, Lord, gosh, I hate this pride in my life. I hate having to be number one. I hate having to be seen. I hate having to, I don't like that, that battle that goes on inside of me. Will you help remove that? Well, that, I'm telling you, that's a hindrance to you. Scripture speaks 
most strong about resisting the proud. It says that God resists the proud. He resists them. It's an offense. Boom. Stiff arm to the forehead. He resists you. But what does he do to the humble? He lifts up. He elevates. He strengthens the humble. Maybe, maybe there's gossip that's been, in, that's been in, your, in your life. And you find, you think, you know what? I didn't used to gossip about everybody. How come every time I talk to somebody about somebody else, I, now I'm always rehearsing everything that they do wrong, and can you believe that they would do this when I heard that, and can you believe that they would do this? And, and the reality is you've never had one conversation with that person about the whole thing, but you just keep acting like you have, and you're gossiping. And, you, and all of a sudden you, you look at your gauges and you think, why am I doing that? Lord, can you remove that hindrance from my life? Maybe it's about murmuring and complaining. And these are real hindrances that are really biblical. And I could come and not mention them at all, but that would not be, I would not be doing what, what you guys asked me to do. There was a whole, think about this, there was a whole generation in the, in the Old Testament that God promised them the promised land. He had promises for them. He led them out of Egypt. It was a short journey. Just, you know, come out of Egypt, turn left, you'll be there in a few days. But they wandered in the desert, the children of Israel. Why? Because of their murmuring and their complaining. So a whole generation that had God's presence, they had seen God do miracles, missed out on what God had for them because they murmured and they complained. I just, I'm just asking all of us, take a step, look at what comes out of my mouth. Am I speaking by the Spirit or am I speaking by the flesh and murmuring and complaining about everybody, everything, you know, everyone, every waitress, every Starbucks I go to, you know, whatever it may be, the coffee, the, the, the food, the, the president, the, the, you know, whatever it may be. What's coming out of my mouth? Am I hindering myself? from accessing God's promise for my life. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe there's just something, you're like, you know what, I just don't believe you, God. Forget it, I just don't believe you. This, doesn't, this isn't to, to put any heaviness on anyone, it's just to recognize, you know what, God? I've got some hindrances in my life. And can you help me remove them? The victory's already been won. The battle's already been won. You just need to submit yourself and say, God, I trust you. Listen, I have to do this every single day of my life. And sometimes three or four or ten times a day. I have to. I do not want anything to hinder the presence of God from flowing through my life. It's the only thing I have that gives me any type of impact through my life is through the Spirit of God. Nothing in my own flesh. There is nothing about me that I could boast or brag. Anything about me. But I sure can boast and brag in the goodness of God and the Spirit through my life. If, if I'm going to pray in the Spirit, speak in the Spirit, and live in the Spirit, I just need to be humble and continually be looking at the gauges and see if there's anything need to be removed in my life. Second thing you can do is you can yield yourself to God. And this word yield simply means to come under, to give over to, to surrender to, to open up to, to focus on, and to speak, sorry, and to seek after, to pursue, to expect by faith. 
And yielding to God places us under God's protection. Think about that. Submitting and yielding to God places you under his protection. That, that should be mind-blowing to all of us and should be a motivator. This is the posture of our heart that says, God, I'm submitted to you. God, I give myself to you. And we're only to yield ourselves to God. We're only to yield ourselves to him. God was speaking to me several years ago. I was about 20 years old, and I was, I was in England. We were on a, my wife and I were on a ministry trip, and we were with a group, and we had a day off, and we went to a, um, to a castle, Warwick Castle. And if you've ever been there, there's this neat little place you go to, and they have actors. And, and in order to pass from one part of the castle to the other part of the castle, this guy was standing, he had his whole night garb on, and before you could pass, you had to kneel in front of him. Well, I'm not, and so people were kneeling. They were going, it, was a, it was a funny joke kind of thing. And he was like, you shall kneel before you pass. And, you know, he had a British accent and all kinds of stuff. Well, I, 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 was, I got up there, and the Spirit spoke to me, and he said this. He said, I don't want you kneeling before any man. Now, I don't, I don't think that was a sin. I don't think, but at that moment, God was speaking something to me. I don't want you yield. I want you completely yielded to me. So I walked up, and, and, and he was like, yield before you pass. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. I was, I'm not going to do it, but I'm just going to go. I'm sorry, you shall not pass, and yes, you yield, unless you, you kneel. I said, I'm, so, I'm sorry, so I'm not going to. I'm tell, he goes, you must. I said, listen, bro, I'm not kneeling, okay? It's not happening today. He was like, okay, well, fine. Well, then you shall kneel. And for me, I, it's important for all of us, are, how yielding are we to the Lord? Have we offered our knee to the opinion of man? Have we offered our knee to maybe the riches of this world? Have we offered our knee to anything in our lives or in this world that is completely rubbish? Garbage compared to Jesus Christ. The Spirit comes, the Spirit rests and flows through those who are yielded to God. I want you to think about this just for a moment. I, I know we, we remember the, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. So when Jesus is baptized, um, it says as he came up out of the water, it says that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in, in the form of a dove. Now, have you ever wondered why the Holy Spirit took the form of a dove? We say, well, it's peace. and Yeah, okay. But have you ever really wondered why? And this is my thoughts. A dove only lands in a place that's safe. If you've ever dove hunted, you'll sit in the middle of a, of a sunflower field, and you'll sit there on a five-gallon bucket and camouflage, and a dove, they come flying by. And I'm sorry, yes, I shoot doves every once in a while. But they'll come flying by. And when they come in to land, they come in, they, they circle, they will not land unless they know it's safe. And they'll stop, they'll approach with caution, it begin to descend, and when it feels like it's safe, it lands. Yielding to God gives the Spirit a safe place to land, just like the Spirit of God landed on Jesus Christ. So this is something we need to understand. It, are, are we given the Spirit of God a safe place to land? Yes, the Spirit lives in us. I'm not saying He does. I'm just talking about in our everyday life to guide us, to shape us, to speak to us, to help fill our words, to help fill our actions with the Spirit of God. So we pray, we speak, and we live by the Spirit by removing hindrances, by yielding to the Spirit, and number three, being led by the Spirit. 
And this is the reality the Holy Spirit is always communicating, always speaking to us through his word. In order to lead us to our daily purpose, our daily ministry, that he's always speaking to us. There are some people that, that you know, they, they wake up in the morning and, listen, I had a, I had a teacher like this and, and I don't think this this way. So however God wants to lead you, that's, that's your deal. But every day she's standing in front of her closet. I'm not joking. Say, Lord, what would you like me to wear today? And I thought, God, I'm not going to ask you. what. I'm just going to wear some clothes. How about that? Let's start with that one. Now, however God wants to lead, the reality of God, and I appreciate what she was saying, but the reality is this, that God wants to be involved in every single part of your life. Every single part. He wants to speak to you. He wants to, he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you by his word. He wants to, he wants to lead you by, by, by everything that you do. He wants to guide you and shape you how you pray. And we're to listen to the still small voice, but, we're, but be reminded that the word of God is something that can guide us, can shape us, gives us our, our baseline for everything that we do. And the last one is this, that we can be a conduit for the spirit of God. We can be a conduit to the Holy Spirit. How do we pray, speak, and live by the Spirit? Is that we can be a conduit to the Spirit of God. We can be a channel to the Holy Spirit to work in us, through us on this earth. You and I both, we, we want God to use our lives. I was just in our, our fourth week of growth track during when you guys were worshiping there. I was over there. The, this is the last week of Make a Difference. God's called you to make a difference. He didn't put you in this world just to, just to be there. He's called you to make a difference. I want to be able to go to places and confront evil. I want to go to places and arrive in spaces and places that the enemy has, has thought he rules this area and come in and bring the light of Jesus Christ and bring deliverance. I want to go where, where other Christians dare to, to ever go. I want to go to those places. We want to make a difference. We want our lives to count. We want prayers that can move heaven. We want to live our lives in a way that can alter the history of, of the whole world. We want to do things like that in our family in our community and we will never do it by the flesh we will only do it by the spirit and we are to cultivate we're to maintain our armor we're to make sure that we are we are filled up that we are strengthened on the inside it's it's kind of like there was a submarine on the east coast back it was during i believe during the cold war and it was doing maneuvers it was it was coming to the surface it was going to the to the bottom, was coming back to the surface. And really it was just strategically doing maneuvers. And what happened, all of a sudden they were watching it on the, on the radar and the submarine just disappeared. It was gone. And they thought, what happened? They thought maybe that Russia had blown up. That's a true story. I can't remember the name of the submarine. But as they went out and they sent boats to recover and they sent other submarines, they found this submarine on the bottom of the ocean floor. And the submarine wasn't blown up. It had actually imploded, just shrunk in. And what happened is that the pressure on the outside became greater than the pressure on the inside. And this is what it means to maintain your armor, to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Lord, renew in me the right spirit. God, renew in me, God, a heart. Give me a new heart. Renew in me, God, my, my, the joy of my salvation. Beginning to just maintain our armor. Take a step back. Take some time to say, God, I, I need you to reveal some things in my own life. Lord, I, I need to check my gauges. God, it's time for me to rest. It's time for me to do something about my marriage. 
It's time for me to do something about my children. It's time for me to do something about this addiction to pornography I have. It's time for me to do something about these lustful thoughts that are racing through my head. It's time for me to do something about this angerness and this bitterness in my heart. It's time for me to do something about this. Every time I see that person, my my heart gets all nasty. It's time for me to do something about why I don't want to be around other Christians or why I don't want to be involved or why I don't want to be a part of a small group. It's, It's time for me to step back and say, God, what's going on? I'm weary. I'm tired. I need to check my gauges. And by God's grace, he begins to help us maintain, renew, and put on our armor every single day. God didn't save you so he could run you ragged. He saved you so that he could give you a life that's actually worth living. He saved you to deliver you from the enemy's hands. He saved you so that you could speak with the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Pray by the Spirit. He saved you so that He could be as close to you as a friend. He could walk with you in your deepest of valleys and your highest of highs. That you can make a difference with your life. Because we live in a spiritual atmosphere where God has given us victory. We just need to take our responsibility for fighting and maintaining our armor and by God's grace through his kindness and through his love through the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ we will live the life we never actually thought that we could ever live we will be free from the strategies of the enemy because we will be fighting and maintaining the armor that God has given us we hope that this message has spoken something personal to you If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.